And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I am your host, Heath, and with me as always, my amazing co-host, Michael. Michael, how are you doing today? And as always, Heath is with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> true, true story there. And before we get too much further, we want to pause and thank Destiny Music for the track that's playing underneath us today. Uh, we just thank Rachel Stormont and them for that partnership that we have and uh, just know that God is doing such an incredible new thing uh, in this season. It is ridiculous, guys. And um, before we get into the housekeeping, I also just want to pause and... Um, Talk about a Facebook post I did earlier today. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk, at least in Colorado Springs, for the next couple weeks in regards to healings and miracles and wonders and signs and all these things. Um, that is because Sunday, July 16th through Wednesday, 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 July 19th. There we go. 6:30 p.m. at CFAN Campus. Mario Murillo is bringing the Living Proof Tent Crusade to Colorado Springs. Uh, Catherine Mullins is going to be opening uh, all four nights with worship, and then Mario will get in, give a message, do an altar call, and then of course um, the Lord will use Mario to do some healings and things, just as we experienced last year uh, with friends of the show Donna Grant Wilcox and uh, Steve Connor. And myself and several others, actually, that we know and love experienced some healings uh, because of attendance at the Living Proof Tent. So if you're in the area uh, this next week, uh, swing on down to CFAN Campus uh, Sunday through Wednesday and check out the tent. Um, all right. With that, let's get into some housekeeping. Uh, make sure you check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. There is, of course, the contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, be a guest, recommend a guest. Heck, we don't care if you need to contact us. Use that form. And, of course, if you need prayer, there are two ways for us to partner with you in prayer. The first is going to be the prayer request form on the website. And we'd love to partner with you in prayer and pray with you and for you. Or you may write us at prayer at rmr.live. And while you're on the website, be sure to check out the Linktree link, which is going to get you connected to all of our socials. Please like and subscribe if you are listening or watching on YouTube and Rumble, because the vast majority of our listeners are not subscribers. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to subscribe, because by not subscribing, you're missing out on notifications when we post new content, like uh, teachings and ministry moments and other things. So go ahead and smash that like and subscribe button down there. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for additional content and information that doesn't Do always it. make to the website because, again, I've posted some stuff there in the last few days that didn't make it to the website. Facebook has been um, interesting with us recently. So if you've been missing out on some Facebook posts, it's not because we haven't been posting them. Right. Just wanted to add that in. <laughs> well, a little, uh, a little shadow banning by Meta is... You know, a good thing, I guess, if you're a content provider. I guess that, when Mario uh, and Lance are in town, Facebook shuts down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, but we we have we have posted the invite there. I did post um, some content that we've done that's actually related to um, you know last year's um, healings and miracle signs and wonders and everything that we've talked about on the show uh, in the last uh, season plus. And all the ministry moments and things that I could find and recall off the top of my head that uh, pertain to any of the teachings that uh, might be related to topics that are going to come up over the next couple of weeks. So check out that post on Facebook for that information because I'm not going to put it on the website. I'm just going to be real honest with you right now. It's not going to make it to the website. So check out Facebook. And, um, you know, check out, and it's trying to get it on the camera. Let's see if it'll go. There it is. It is. Check out 
shop.rmrr.live for your Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries merchandise. There is some new stuff that I'm working on, some new t-shirt designs that I think are going to be pretty freaking awesome. Um, so stay tuned to that website. There, right now there's all kinds of tumblers and mugs and t-shirts and things out there, but there's more stuff coming, guys. So check out shop.rmrr.live. And if you love this ministry and you love the content that we're putting out and feel led to donate to us, there's going to be links to do so uh, on the website. going to be in the show description down below. And for those watching, it's going to be on your screen. And let's get into today's content. We've got another amazing show for you today. Today's episode is going to be titled Jude, A Jesus Perspective, Part Four. And if you like today's show, we encourage you to share with your friends, your family, your coworkers, because sharing is caring, guys. Sharing is caring. But before we get into today's teaching, we do have some advertisements, don't we, Michael? We sure do. Along with advertisements, we also have some nice additions to the blooper reel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) So stay tuned for that, because Uh, that'll be coming to a blooper reel near you. So our first commercial, well, I guess this is our like third commercial because we did one for the merch shop. We did one for Mario. So we're going to jump into With Love Custom Crafts and check out withlovecustomcrafts.com. Uh, it is run by my good friend Kenzie, and it is a Christian-owned small business. Her products are primarily focused towards women. The company tagline reads, creating custom quality items at affordable prices, all made with love. And again, she hand does everything that is produced. She's also the one that's handling uh, all of the merchandise production or at least the majority of it for now um, will be handled by Kenzie and with love custom crafts so make sure to check out with love custom crafts.com and tell Kenzie I said hey when you place that order that's correct is hey if you're gonna jump on over there you might as well uh, grab your little doggy and watch it jump into a new bite tag because if that little guy or little girl is jumping around and making a mess and running throughout the yard and maybe you got a maybe hey Maybe your new little dog is a digger, and they get underneath the fence. They're going to need a bite tag. You're going to need a bite tag. You know how new dogs are. They might try and run away. We don't need that in, in our families these days. So bite tag and RMRR and Waymaker Ministries are partnered together. Bite tag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. It allows you to get a notification that your pet's tag has been scanned. It also gives the scanner the option of notifying the pet's owner that the pet has been found and the tag uses GPS tracking to notify the owner of their pet's location. No monthly or annual service subscription fees. Guys, in a world where this economy is plagued by that, that's really cool. Um, Also, by tag, put your privacy first. And um, hey, Heath, were they doing like a Independence Day sale? They were, but it is over, I believe. So you missed out. Right. But you haven't missed out on the RMRR15, that's your code, to get 15% off uh, when you check out, off the purchase price. Eat. Yes, and don't forget, guys, to check out the new bite tag slide, by the way. So that is the new bite tag that attaches directly to your collar, or your pet's collar, not your collar, your pet's collar. Um, with the bite tag slide, there's zero risk of getting <laughs> caught on objects while playing or moving around. Wow. Okay, we're going to have a lot this of This is a Christian material. podcast, okay? <laughs> it sure is. And boy, have... Uh, <laughs> 
Wow. All right. Well, anyway, uh, guys, Redemption Squad Ministries is another one of our favorite partners. Um, Zach and Melissa Sheehan uh, are running Redemption Squad. They were just out this last weekend, um, hitting the streets of Colorado Springs, passing out provision boxes, praying over all kinds of people, uh, blessing people with the content of these boxes. We saw um, we saw a couple healings, I think. We saw some salvations. Like It sounded like from wow. the feedback that I was getting that it was an incredible time out this last weekend with Redemption Squad. They wanted to do one big final push before um, the tent came to town and got set up and so they went out this last weekend and I think there was another couple hundred boxes passed out again this time. I didn't get a final count uh, before air and I apologize for that. But again, a lot of homes were blessed with uh, this outreach and there was a lot of people that showed up this go around. Uh, it looked like um, somewhere in the ballpark, 20, 25 people give or take, um, to, mm. to help, uh, you know, just hit the streets and spread the word. That's of God a fast, and, that's a fast session through the neighborhood, the designated yeah. area. Yeah. The more people you got, that's, the, you're not doing much labor with that many people. Right. That's amazing. All those volunteers, praise God. Yeah. Wow. So again, check out Redemption Squad Ministries if you got a heart for evangelism and you want to sow into a great uh, ministry that is actually changing lives. Because it's not just outreaches that Redemption Squad does. They're they're going to be doing all kinds of things coming up as far as like. Um, a housing project to kind of help get some folks off the street and get them uh, reoriented to getting back into work and get into the labor force. And um, they're going to be doing some trainings and teachings to kind of help some skill sets and all kinds of things. Um, and so these guys are really a great uh, ground to sow in if you're looking for, for something that kind of aligns with your evangelistic heart. Um, so check out Redemption Squad. The website, that's right, <laughs> the website will be uh, on your screen and in the show description down below. That's right. Uh, another two people that we know who have an evangelistic heart. <laughs> That's a Rocky Mountain Revival Radio inside joke. Right. Um, we had an amazing minister come to our church, and uh, he's from Africa. And he's in a powerful man. His message was on evangelistic heart. It was awesome. So anyway, it was awesome. now you know. Okay, um, guys, two more people with an evangelistic heart, and yet a heart to serve those in our community with hurting feet, hmm. sore knees, sciatica, hips, back. Lower back pain, yeah. Lower back pain, for sure. The desire to be freer on the stroll. The desire for less pain on the goal. <laughs> this would be Valentine Comfort Shoes. This would be Sean and Amy of Valentine Comfort Shoes. You need to make your way over to Sha Valentine Comfort Shoes. <laughs> Shove Valentine Comfort Shoes. <laughs> and... <laughs> if you tell them, because you should, it would be a blessing to them. Uh, if you tell them that Rocky Mountain Revival Radio sent you, it's going to flip their top, guys. Right. It's going to be awesome. And they're going to give you a discount. But they don't know that we said that yet, but <laughs> they will. Yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah. Sean will give you guys a discount. Wink, wink. Nice, so, nice. So, yeah, that's that's it. Go, go to Rocky Mountain. Well, you guys <laughs> can click on the link below and get the... Get the GPS coordinates to that uh, store. Yeah. Back sure can. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been fun. So now we can actually get into today's teaching. Uh, now that we've muddled our way through the intro, the housekeeping, and the commercials. And uh, we're just going to pray right now that the Holy Spirit kicks in and gives you guys a little better than what we've He's already here. Done Enjoy. This is joy. <laughs> so in case you haven't seen the first three episodes, I'm not going to recap it for you. So go back and watch them. Um, yeah. Basically, this series has been um, something that we wanted to do to kind of show you um, what a true discipleship, um, Holy Spirit-led 
um, Bible study looks like. And so this is definitely different. The series is def way different than any of our other teachings. But we're giving examples of how, like, you can read a verse and you can see a connection somewhere else in the Bible and you jump over there and you read some more and you learn some more stuff and get more context um, because the Bible is, is very interconnected. As a matter of fact, this last weekend, a friend of mine posted um, this picture, and I've got to find it, where it shows, like, all of the interconnections in the Bible. And so it's, like, just, like, thousands of lines that just are, like, connecting over this timeline in the Bible. Um, and it's... I, it was mind blowing to actually look at and go, wow, okay, I didn't. I mean, I knew it was connected, but like you see that many lines on a on a screen, you're like, that's really connected. Um, and so that's and, what we're. And what's awesome, Heath, when the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit Himself, is doing this, is is doing this to you right. Himself. Like you're in His presence, and He's like, watch this, <laughs> right? And and He takes you over here, and you your your brains are blown out. Yeah, it's incredible. So we're really trying to and, show, um, and that's what we do hope to to show. Yeah, sorry, you you froze there. I thought you paused. That was a, a technical glitch on our end, guys. Apologize about that. Didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead, Michael. Oh no worries. Um, yeah, we we uh, need the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, he's described as a counselor. Um, uh, he is the Spirit of Truth, and and so you know, I just. Heath, you were going to pray. You were going to start us in prayer. And I, I just even feel led to pray, Lord, right now that you would manifest the spirit of truth and just the gentle power and presence um, uh, of the Holy Spirit in this um, exhibition of who he is in his word uh, through his earthly little brother, uh, Jude, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Well, with that, so we uh, we left off last time, uh, two thirds of the way through verse eleven. We're in Jude again, uh, chapter one, and I'll, I'll recap the the first two thirds of that for you. Woe to them! They have taken the way of Cain. So we talked about that in depth last time. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error, and we in depth covered that last time as well. And so now we're at they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. And if you guys watched last time, you know, we gave you a little homework to go back and read uh, Numbers uh, chapter 16, uh, because that's where Korah's Rebellion takes place. And actually, I, in my studies, I was trying to be diligent about, you know, checking out what's going on before and after the source text. And so I went back, Numbers 14, um, you know, it's interesting how slow to learn, I think, at times, uh, this group of Israelites was as they were being led out of Egypt, you know, because in verse 14, God very clearly has them very close to the land. They've, they've got the reports back that, Hey, the land's full of milk and honey, and this is going to be a great place to live. And, you know, God's given the word to Moses that, Hey, the people that are there, they've lost the favor. And so you guys are going to easily go in and just slaughter them and, and, take over the land and it's going to be this great thing. And, and God tells them, you know, hey, you got to be patient. Don't try to go into anywhere because I still got a couple things I got to take care of, basically. And so again, this group rises up against Moses and Aaron and they're like, hey, you know, we're tired of all this. It was better back in Egypt and we want to get in there now kind of thing, not having any kind of patience or respect for the process. And Moses and Aaron, they fall on their knees. They repent for the group because God's kind of getting upset. And because of the actions of Moses and Aaron, they get forgiven. And mourning happens, and a whole bunch of them decided to throw caution to the wind, and they go up into the mountains where the Canaanites and this other group are, and they get wiped out, like completely wiped out. And then God starts delivering some, some more rules and instruction about what's going to take place, what you guys need to do when you go into the land, you know, as far as like 
cleansing it, preparing it, all this kind of stuff. And this poor man gets caught gathering firewood on the Sabbath. And so God basically instructs them that the whole group of Israel needs to come together and stone this man to death, which they do. So we've already got a bunch of people dying right before this rebellion. And somehow these guys that are involved think this is a great idea to go ahead and let's challenge the word of God. Let's challenge um, God's direction and purpose for what's going on right now and and start this rebellion. So that's where we're going to pick up here in number 16. So the text says, and I'm going to read out of the NIV because that's the Bible I grabbed. I apologize. I should have grabbed the other one, but NIV is the one we're going with today. So Korah, son of Israel, Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and certain uh, Reubenites, Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, became insolent and rose up against Moses. Yeah, I mean, they, they just did this a couple chapters ago. These people don't learn. With them were 250 Israelite men, well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. They came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, You have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? And when Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, In the morning the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy, and he will have that person come near him. The man that he chooses, he will cause to come near him. You, Korah, and all your followers are to do this. Take censers, and tomorrow put burning coals and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses will be the one who is holy. You Levites have gone too far. Anything you want to interject thus far, Michael? Um, not exactly sure if this is biblically entirely accurate. What, what the burning coals of incense remind me of, um, I believe it's out of... Isaiah, where it describes, basically, I'm, I'm pointing to revelation. The coals are, seem to be pointing to God's revelatory word. Um, and a cross-reference of those burning coals would be um, Lucifer walking amongst the fiery stones. And I believe uh, Isaiah. I just, I, it's just interesting. I was just starting to, I was seeing some depth here in the Lord's instruction and purposes or why it wasn't just like he's just, hey, I'm going to have you do this random religious thing. Um, these instructions are deep and they imply things. They imply realities and truths um, that are beyond our eyes ability to see in the natural, meaning it's a multidimensional instruction. Mm, it's kind of what I'm okay. leaning on as I hear these what what uh, verse are you on, by the way? We're getting ready to jump into verse 8. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, so continue on then. Verse 8, Moses said to Korah, Now listen, you Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near himself to do the work at the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community and minister to them? He has brought you and all your fellow Levites near himself but now you're trying to get the priesthood too? Okay, pause. Yeah. Okay. I saw your face. So <laughs> are we, are, is the Lord saying, so obviously this is a rebellious power grab. Okay, that is obvious in the text. But it's almost like they're going beyond, um, because of pride, going beyond the depth and the riches that God has already uh, put in their 
in their tribe because they're Levites. And it's almost as if because of sin and pride, uh, how do I say this? It's almost like they're, they, they forgot about their first love. They forgot about their first, you know, um, like, Ooh, God's really working over there. I, you know, jelly, I'm all jelly over here, jealous over here. You know, <laughs> I want to be where at the act or the actions at. I don't know. Heath. what do you think? What do you think about that? It's, well, it's kind of hard there. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I think I'm going to stick with what we talked about in the pre-show meeting that I think, you know, as I was reading through um, the source text and, you know, going a couple chapters before and reading a bit after, like I I was trying to put myself into the, you know, the situation into the time. And you got to realize these guys have been in the wilderness for a long time. Like, you know, people are dying off, you know, they're, they're not happy with their diet. They're not happy with their living conditions. Like, you know, in a lot of ways, they're, they're seeing where they had life so much better back in Egypt where they were slaves and doing all this work work, you know, but because the food quality was better and there was a little better a situation in life, you know, that was looking like a happier time. And so, you know, they're getting tired, they're getting fed up, they're getting whatever. And so I think in a lot of ways, um, I can, I can relate, you know, because there are times in my life where I'm like, okay, you know, I've, I've kind of gotten tired of the situation. I'm kind of tired of this thing. I'm got, you know, I, I, I remember a time when I had things, or at least in my head thought that things were a better situation where they were before. And you, you don't have that patience. You don't have the, the, the check to like pause and realize that God's doing this work for a reason. And we've got to trust him. We've got to be obedient to him and stay the course no matter how long it takes. Cause he's going to get it through once he starts a work, you know, he's going to get it done for us. And, and I think that's what these, these Levites kind of forgot. They forgot that they were already in a separate place from the rest of the, the Israelites. You know, they were the special group that got to handle the tabernacle and the duties in the tabernacle and the the sacrifices. And, you know, that's where the, the high priest came that got to go into the Holy of Holies to be near the Ark and all these things. And so I think in, in this situation, you know, they've just kind of got that frustration going on and kind of forgot their station, forgot what God was doing, forgot the promises that God made. And in an, in a moment of, you know, impatience and apparently just not reading the room over, you know, the last bit of killings that just happened for not listening to God, these guys, you know, pony up and decide, Hey, we're going to, we're going to push it. And we want to, we want to make it happen now in our time and our way, instead of trusting and waiting on the Lord. And I, and I think that's, you know, as, as I'm reading this again here, uh, right now, just kind of going through it, that's kind of my impression of what's what's kind of going on, and that they've just forgotten um, a lot of things um, because of their circumstance, and and maybe some other things. And you know, um, yeah, I just I, I guess that's where I'm at. Mm, it gets better here in the text, man. It does, it does. So we'll continue on then with uh, let's see, verse eleven. It is against the Lord that you and all of your followers have banded together. So Moses is calling them out on the fact that hey. You guys are coming against God, not against me. Who is Aaron that you should grumble against him? Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eliab. But they said, we will not come. Isn't it enough that you have brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? And now you also want to lord it over us? Moreover, you haven't brought us into the land flowing with milk and honey or given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Do you want to treat these men like slaves? No, we will not come. Then Moses became very angry and said to the Lord, Do not accept their offering. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them, nor have I wronged any of them. Moses said to Korah, You and all of your followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow. 
you and they and Aaron. Each man is to take his censer and put incense in it, 250 censers in all, and present it before the Lord. You and Aaron are to present your censers also. So each of them took his censer, put burning coals and incense in it, and stood with Moses and Aaron at the entrance to the tent of meeting. When Korah had gathered all his followers in opposition to them at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the glory of the Lord appeared to the entire assembly. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Separate yourselves from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. But Moses and Aaron fell face down and cried out, O God, the God who gives breath to all living things, will you be angry with the entire assembly when only one man sins? Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the assembly, Move away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. Moses got up and went to Dathan and Abraham, and the elders of Israel followed him. He warned the assembly, Move back from the tents of these wicked men. Do not touch anything belonging to them, or you will be swept away because of all their sins. So they moved away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. Dathan and Abraham had come out and were standing with their wives, children, and little ones at the entrances to their tents. Then Moses said, This is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things and that it was not my idea. If these men die a natural death and suffer the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something totally new and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them with everything that belongs to them and they go down alive into the realm of the dead, then you will know that these men have treated the Lord with contempt. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's probably what they sounded like. It's going to get real here for them in just a moment. Um, as soon as he finished saying all this, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all those associated with Korah together with their possessions. They went down alive into the realm of the dead. With everything they owned, the earth closed over them, and they perished and were gone from the community. At their cries, all the Israelites around them fled, shouting, The earth is going to swallow us too. Wow. Right? So they're freaking out. Don't blame them. That's got to be a sight to see. But then... <laughs> Aren't you thankful for the new covenant with Jesus? I sure am. Because, wow. Whew. So then fire comes out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense. So God didn't just... Stick Make with what Moses was saying. <laughs> Make <laughs> me an offering. You know, because burn me alive like you want me to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here we see the <laughs> God stepping up um, and kind of one up in what Moses said, you know, because God told him, hey, we'll just go against these guys. But then uh, these guys start freaking out again in their lack of faith moment, and God just gets rid of them too. So the Lord said to Moses, tell Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, to remove the censers from the charred remains and scatter the coals some distance away, for the censers are holy, the censers of the <laughs> men who sinned at the cost of their lives. Hammer the censers into sheets to overlay the altar, for they were presented before the Lord and have become holy. Let them be a sign to the Israelites. So they died in a different way. They died in a different way and became holy, whereas... Right. It's a difference in death is what I'm reading. I mean, do you see that? Right, yeah. One one goes to Sheol. The other, one party, the Korah and family tribe, they they, ugh, they descend to Sheol. My 
goodness. Whoa. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> a fast, it's a fast track, too, because the ground opened up, swallowed them, and there they are. Like, there, <laughs> there's no pass and go or collect $200 on that trip. Yeah, exactly. And then the other guys get cooked, and the sensors that they were carrying get turned into, uh, you know, funeral covers, grave covers. But their death, it, it, it says that before the Lord, and they are holy, and they shall be for a sign to the sons of Israel. You know, and this is this isn't this isn't um, out of God's character because uh, Sodom and Gomorrah are a sign of destruction uh, out of fire. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah are warning, and these guys are an additional Sodom and Gomorrah, if you will. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll continue on. So Eleazar the priest collected the bronze censers brought by those who had been burned to death, and he had them hammered out to overlay the altar, as the Lord directed him through Moses. This was to remind the Israelites that no one except a descendant of Aaron should come to burn incense before the Lord, or he would become like Korah and his followers. Now again, the next day, again, these guys sometimes are really slow learners. The next day, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron, saying, you have killed the Lord's people. But when the assembly Ooh. gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and turned towards the tent of meeting, suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent of the meeting, and the Lord said to Moses, Get away from this assembly, so I can put an end to them at once. And they fell face down. Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put incense in it, along with burning coals from the altar, and hurry to the assembly to make atonement for them. Wrath has come out from the Lord. The plague has started. So Aaron did as Moses said, and ran into the midst of the assembly. The plague had already started among the people, but Aaron offered the incense, and he made atonement for them. He stood between the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. But 14,700 people died from the plague, in addition to those who had died because of Korah. Then Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance to the tent of meeting, for the plague had stopped. Hmm. A couple things. Korah, they're getting it twisted. They said, you've taken us out of a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh-uh. Not so. That's perverted. Their socialism that they describe and long for, oh, if we could go back to Egypt where there were leeks and onions. Wow, this is what you guys are missing right now. In big old pots, like they describe like community pots of food. And I'm like, that's what you get. That's what you guys are sounding like your like your uh like your founding fathers, um, giving up the blessing, giving up the inheritance for a pottage or for some stew. That's how Jacob, let's see, was it Jacob? Bro, I can't remember. I remember it might be Isaac and his brother. Anyway, the twins, Isaac, who's the heel grabber? Jacob. Yeah, Jacob and Esau. Thank you. (laughs) So Jacob and Esau, (laughs) Esau, you know, get basically, you know, sells his birthright to Jacob because he was really hungry. (laughs) And, you know, that family problem in the genes is showing up here where they're complaining about Egypt. They're complaining about, hey, we had more immediate needs taken care of. Heath, here's another thought. It brings more importance to fasting, doesn't it? Yeah. Fasting is a real denial of Egypt. Right. And the quick um, fix it that a, that, a, that a plate of food can do for you. And, and you depend on that plate of food more than you depend on God 
And it, this is real because Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness and said, hey, you know the shortcut. Turn these rocks into bread. He's in the middle of fasting. He's in the middle of this trial. He's in the middle of this war with, with Satan. And a very, very real temptation for Jesus because anything in that desert could have turned into an open fridge for him. Anything. Uh, he could have turned rocks into bread. I mean, John the Baptist said of God, you know, hey, um, you brood of vipers, you, you say that um, you're the descendants of Abraham. Well, God can raise up descendants of Abraham from these rocks. It was entirely in the creative power of God to create new people out of rocks or create a loaf of bread out of rocks. And um, he continued to lay his life down and do exactly what the father was doing and saying. And fasting is a reminder. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. I just sense the Lord. You know, it, I believe there's some listeners, some lovely listeners, the Lord says, who he's been encouraging to fast. And so for some, the, the food and the snacks have been too much of a dependence. And God's calling you into a fast. And he's faithful. He'll be He'll be really good to you. He's not even calling you into a fast where... Oh, I'm going to fast, you know, food for two days. Oh, no, no, no. He's calling you into no time limit fast because you need to trust him. You need to know that he's good. He knows your scenario. He knows your body type. He knows all these things he made you, you know, he knows how many hairs on his head he's supposed to have. <laughs> right. <laughs> and me, by the way, too. He knows how many hairs on my head I'm supposed to have. And so he knows our whole scenario. And so trust him in going into the fast and knowing he's going to tell you when to stop fasting. Yeah, this is a heavy one. I don't see many people obeying this word, but there, th see this as a sign in the spirit, guys, that, that I didn't know that God's been encouraging you to fast. I had no idea, but the Lord's telling me about it. And it's just amazing how we biblically walked on over to fasting. But if you want to stop Egypt in your life, if you want to stop, if you want to uh, stop the communal pots of of ease of food, so that you continue being in slavery in Egypt, you continue making the bricks, you continue going to gather straw to make the bricks, you continue to make the bricks, and you continue to make the buildings. The endless, oh, the endless cycle. Oh, yeah, you have meat, you have meat and onions and leeks. Oh, oh, that's what you're wanting. But you don't want the freedom to walk into the a land actually flowing with milk and honey and actually walk into a mansion built by a giant, because that's what they were dealing with. Actually walk into your own brand new mansion built by a giant, so it's big, and and a, 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 a giant-sized vineyard, because remember, in Exodus, those spies came back with big old grapes, like cantaloupe-sized grapes, like watermelon-sized grapes. And they bring those back. And hey, the land is flowing with milk and honey. It is it is also infested with giants. And that's why these grapes are big. And that's why you're going to get this mansion. And that's why you're going to get this massive vineyard. Guys, it's worth the fast. Jesus said, this kind doesn't come out except for prayer and fasting. Uh, after a man who I can relate to comes with his son to Jesus after the disciples could not cast this demon out. And what would happen is this boy and, and the dad and the family had a lifestyle of living like this in, in the scariness of this scenario. But the boy would throw himself into fire. The boy would throw himself into water. And he was having major health issues. 
and he was tortured by the demonic uh, evil spirits trying to kill him. And um, so the disciples had a hard time with this one. And so what does Jesus say? This kind comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, Jesus had gotten out of recently over the you know last little bit. Jesus had gotten out of 40 days of, of the fast and the temptation by Satan himself. I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, you have not been tempted by Satan. It is very unlikely you have been tempted by Satan himself. So the Lord is talking to you about fasting. There are needs. There's needs in my life that more fasting would affect. There's needs in your life that more fasting or fasting for the first time uh, would affect. And there's breakthrough on the other side of that fast. Um, Jesus said these Things don't come out. This doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. And you'll see, if you continue the Exodus story, you will see that their time in the desert was a lifestyle of repetition to get try and get them depending on the Lord with the manna coming down um, and, and them also wanting meat. And so, you know, pigeon or quail coming down and they were able to have lots of quail and manna. And um, guys, in, in this covenant with Jesus, it, we have the Holy Spirit and relationship with him and listening to him when he tells you to fast uh, is important. The Bible says not if we fast, but when we fast. Uh, Jesus said that in Matthew, when you fast. So the antidote to Egypt, slavery, communism, socialism, <laughs> demon possessed young people trying to hurt themselves is fasting <laughs> well as you were as you were talking there i was i was getting confirmation on a word and i i don't know how many people this is for um, but i know we've got some listeners too that are kind of in a place like the israelites were that i think there's a couple takeaways that that i'm going to sum up for you that are going to apply to your situation the first is the longer you're out of agreement and out of partnership with the lord the longer that situation is going to go on because if you look at a map from egypt to where the promised land was it's not that long of a walk at all. And yet these guys spent 40 years walking around out there. 40 years. Okay. For some and an additional, an additional generation uh, going to the grave. Right. Also, you know, and, and so the longer you're out of agreement with God, the longer you're going to be in that situation. And the second thing is that you can't rush the process. And we saw that here in the numbers text where these guys are impatient. They're, they're tired of waiting to get in there. They see it. It's just over the ridge. Um, according to the text before, like they've, they've been able to peer over and see. So they're right there. Like they can taste it. They're anxious to get in. And yet the Lord's still having them in a posture of waiting and they don't want to wait. They want to get in there. And so again, because they're going against what he's saying, then here befalls a bunch of people that wind up dying because they're going to do it their way. And so you can't rush the process and you need to be agreement with, with what the Lord's speaking over you in this season. Um, and, and trust me, I get the waiting part because um, I'm now in my seventh month of waiting for an answer, which God has spoken. It's coming. It's there. He's got it. Um, but it's a timing thing. And so I've just got to be obedient in this season and not rush the process and trust he's got it and be faithful and to continue to praise and worship and to fast and pray and all these things because his timing. And it's an uncomfortable season to be in. So I can relate to you on a personal level. And that's why I'm sharing this because for whoever this is for, um, I, I understand. So you're not just getting a, an empty hearted, you know, 
uh, word here. You're getting something from a personal perspective and I can 100% relate. So be in partnership. Don't rush it. Amen. Yeah. Are we still in the numbers text? No, we are done with numbers now. We are back to Jude uh, verse 12 is where we're going to pick up in Jude. That was my cue, guys, because Heath had that section of the teaching for y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed Heath's teaching ability there. We do discipleship here at Rocky Mountain Bible Radio, and that was that was awesome. Okay, verse 12. These men are those, you know, if you like Heath's teaching, hit the thumbs up button, like, and subscribe. All right, here we go. That's uh, these men are those who are hidden reefs. Oh, guys, we're getting further explanation. We're getting further traits of a type of infiltrator that Jude, see, because Jude started, he starts out this letter. If you remember way back, he starts out this letter wanting to talk about common salvation, our common salvation, which would have been a great letter. Um, but God saw fit for him to write a more warring, declarative, draw a line in the sand type letter. And so here we have the furtherance of that in verse 12. These men are those who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear. Okay, hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear. Reefs are something you can get shipwrecked shipwrecked on. Um, they are places where crashes happen. Is that correct, Heath? Yes. Especially if they're hidden reefs. If you yep. know one's there, you can navigate the lagoon or the bay or whatever you're in and get to your dock. But if you're not suspecting that a reef is in your area as you're trying to dock or um, draw close to another ship, if you will, if you're gonna get you're gonna get um, stuck at the very least stuck on the sandbar. Right. Um, yeah, it says, so So they're eating with you without fear, caring for themselves. Okay, so they're very concerned about themselves. Just reminded of, you know, love the Lord your God. Hero Israel, the Lord is one. Love your, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So just by you know, without fear, caring for themselves. Um, if you have a fear of the Lord, you're going to care for others, other kids of his. You're going to be mindful of how you are loving yourself so that you can be aware in kindness and in goodness towards your neighbor. Um, this one's tough, Heath, because, uh, yeah, here we go. Clouds without water. Carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. If we live, we live in the West, man, where you know we have uh, empty storm systems. They're called lightning storms. <laughs> There's nothing much in them, and really, what they do is they start fires. I don't know if you're ready yet to speak on yeah. that, but yeah, these storms. They don't have rain. They're kind of windy and violent. They dry things up, and, and if the lightning is hitting the ground in the right area, it'll start a forest fire. Right. Um, the, the front side of that mountain on the green screen behind us, 
has experience in the backside and the west side has experience <laughs> right <laughs> has experienced forest fires <laughs> um so yeah the, i don't know if you guys are getting the connection there but if you are an empty storm or if you're a um autumn tree that what does it say here clouds without water carried along by winds you may look like a real storm but you're blowing through and just trying to cause fires on the ground there uh autumn trees without fruit man if you okay Heath, you ever had fruit trees in your backyard or something like that yes you ever have like a terrible like crop year where like man you you remember like when the tree does really well and how good the fruit is right and it's just a whatever year if that doesn't happen it's like oh the cherries aren't here yet or man all the birds got to the cherries you know something like that right uh one year my parents had a cherry tree that did so well we had five gallon bucket after five gallon bucket after five gallon bucket after five gallon bucket of cherry tree of cherries and they were ridiculously good they weren't necessarily the same size as the store but they were so good. And we had so many of them, we give them out. And the people who knew that these were actual cherries from my parents' backyard, their minds were blown. Because it it's a rare thing in Colorado to have that good of a cherry tree, for one. And then, um, and, and they were just that good of cherries. And, and then what happened was something went wrong with the cherry tree. My dad trimmed it too low, and it killed the cherry tree. Oh. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, you had to put a bird net around it so the birds can get to it, dude. Like, it was it was a task because apparently the whole, uh, apparently the whole neighborhood um, knew, uh, the whole animal kingdom in the neighborhood <laughs> knew that this cherry tree was legit. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it just reminds me of, it's funny, as we're speaking, uh, Pastor Brandon is wanting to discuss something with me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's just God's timing there. Okay, so autumn trees without fruit, meaning they've gone the whole season. They're not like a delayed crop tree. They're you know not like a bad health tree. They just don't have any fruit, period. Um, doubly dead, uprooted. Mm. The wind can blow over these types of trees. When you have a dry tree, either by a forest fire or or it's just rotten and dead, you can lean on it and it would fall over. Um, okay, wild, wild waves of the sea casting up their own shame. Like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. Heath, do you have any thoughts on that? <clears throat> well, I just, um, I'm thinking as you were talking you know, about some of the verses before. And when we're talking about a description of the kinds of people that have snuck in and, and done some damage into this church, like there's, there's not a, a great picture anywhere. Like, it seems to me, these are purely evil, um, maybe, you know, fit right in and inconspicuous, but based on all the intentions and all of the descriptions that are laid out here, like, it just makes me wonder, you know, uh, in comparison to a lot of things going on today, you know, how easy was it for, for these people to come in and just um, take a hold in this church and to, to 
to really start to rot things out from within um, and to cause dissension, cause disorder, um, you know, expand upon uh, rules to make things a little less constrictive or whatever it might have been. Like it just looking through here, these comparisons, you know, from Cain to Balaam to Korah to, you know, these dead uprooted trees that aren't producing anything and, you know, twice dead trees for that fact. Um you know, that clearly these are selfish people based on the first part of verse 12. You know, they're coming in, they're they're feeding. Um, the, the NIV version says that they're eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. And so, you know, that just, we don't care about anybody but us. Um, it's my way or no way. And, and they just, you know, come in looking all nice and whatever, but then their their intentions are all this deep, dark stuff um, that, that sounds like a lot of loss and a lot of, um, just malcontent for the the church system here. It just kind of blows my mind, these descriptors. So before we move on into verse 14, which, which is a transition verse, uh, a powerful one, let's just recap some of the attributes for our listener and viewer discernment. We have attributes such as casting their own shame like foam. Uh, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. I want to. I want to go to these. Though these men are those who are, and the last time that says that in verse ten. But these men revile the things which they do not understand, and the things which they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals. By these things, they are destroyed. So they're carnal, and and I want to be clear too. These guys aren't just like working on their carnality, um, um, you know, with the Lord, they're not just, they're not, we're not talking about a sanctifying process. We're talking about their carnal. Um, there's a reason, okay. God's grace is not cheap grace. When you invite God into your heart, your life in many capacities, not always a full understanding because how much are we in full understanding when he, when we invite God in and what's what the heck is about to happen with our lives? We don't really know the adventure that he's going to pull us into. However, um, we invite him in and he is faithful to complete a work in us. That's his promise. If we get him started, he's he's promised us he'll finish. His, he'll fit. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. So I'm trying Amen. to say. So. Here's, here's where it gets interesting. What's the one sign? What's an obvious sign over time, Heath? And you'll you'll re- be reminded as you think about other scriptures. What's an obvious sign that the Lord is actually not in a vessel chipping away and doing the work? Um, there's a lack of fruit uh, being produced. Ding, 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 ding. A lack of fruit. So not a delay of fruit. Not a, hey, we see a tree growing here and five seasons from now there will be fruit. Not like that. Like, because that's another thing we need to be aware as Christians too. Be gentle with young saplings. Yes. Be gentle with good seed planted in good ground. Be gentle with the germination process. If the Lord tells you to stop talking to them and stop preaching to them because, hey, they're in a process with him, back off in love. Back off. (laughs) Right. So. Uh, so fruit, because the Holy Spirit is, I mean, these are spiritual attributes, spiritual fruit um, should, and if they're not showing much fruit, you should see a desire, you should see a desire 
to draw nutrients so that you can attain fruit. So, so I just wanted to go into those attributes and kind of do a review of some of those uh, clear negatives. Let's see. That's another thing too. Thank God for Jude. He's given us a lot of clear negatives, right? Um, He's not as concise as Paul is uh, right, right before the spiritual fruit in Galatians. uh, It's this, it's the fruit of the flesh. You know, it's the fruit, it's the, it's the, it's the dark side fruit, if you will. And at the end of these lit, this list, he says, and such things like Jude isn't saying and such things. He's like clearly saying, okay, here's the, here's the problem fruit. Here's how they're going to die. If they don't repent, here's how they're going to die. And he's saying they're even like the repentance thing is a slim chance because they're even like, like their dad, the son of perdition. They're like, they're like sons of Judas. So now I think now we can continue into 14 Heath. All right. Um, Hey, why don't you read 14? All right. It was also about these men that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Okay, so if we're just isolating 14, amen. If we're just isolating 14, which which I do want to do for a moment, and about these also, Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam. I, we need to stop right there. There's something to touch on here. Remember, the Lord stopped creating on the seventh day. It was the day of rest. What, what happens in the, in the seventh generation? What happens? What happens in that generation? Oh, hallelujah. Heath. Mm. <laughs> Woo! Here's one of the reasons why I believe in a rapture, <laughs> along with uh, the, Theth- the Thessalonians. Here's the lisp. The Thessalonians passages or passage on the rapture. But here's another one. We need to isolate this. Guys, here's a gold nugget in Jude. And about these also, Enoch. So Enoch, Jude is touching on the book of Enoch. Enoch is, is, is touching on this that Jude is touching on. In the seventh generation from Adam. So Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam, which is a generation of rest. Remember, in his rest, the Lord rested mm. from creating. After he said it was good, he rested on the seventh. Okay. Hallelujah. Dude, Heath, I just, there is something in my soul. And uh, Jesus, I pray that you would just help me here. Put this out here to rightly divide this gold nugget. Um from Adam in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying behold so in the first half of 14 there is a context to the second half of 14 verse 14 in Jude behold this is a prophecy guys behold the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones so here's the prophecy again behold the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to now into 15 to execute judgment upon all the ones that the holy ones are executing judgment upon is who jude has been talking about the infiltrators just to be clear and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds see Heath, this is a prophecy mm-hmm. that you just read through 
right which they have done in an ungodly way so they're ungodly their person is ungodly their deeds are ungodly and they do their ungodly deeds in an ungodly way while being ungodly that is a wow i even hear this now well also that is a that is a that is a triple corrupt a truly triple corrupt human system we are flesh we are a soul and we are spirit right and we're mostly spirit beings in a flesh bodysuit that wears out and dies and this is such a pinpoint on the actions the fruit and the life and the lifestyle of this type of person it clearly needs judged because it says Jesus is coming back with his holy ones. That would be the bride of Christ. That would be uh, God's church that are taken up prior. And then he comes back with this group to judge. And, and, that, and, and this is Enoch's prophecy, by the way. And Enoch lived a long time ago. And he lived for a long time. I believe 341 years. And then he was no more. He disappeared. He is the first one not to die, but to be taken up. Why is that important? It happened in the seventh generation. The rest generation, Enoch appears. It is a prophecy. His life is a prophecy. His visions and his prophecy is a future telling word of what he saw, uh, which was this generation that would be taken up and come back to judge the triple truly wicked um individuals um and one second heath i just need to make sure i'm not missing anything and i tied that bow okay and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him so we came back to judge to execute judgment upon all we that you come back with with jesus to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly, so unharsh things that were spoken against God. So God's coming back with a crew of like him, well, fully known and fully knowing, like him, very much in his likeness now, resurrected bodies now, judgers. Judges who will even judge the words of the ungodly. One more comment on those words that these this group coming back to Jesus are coming to judge. It says, these people are grumblers finding fault, following after their own lust. It's just interesting. A cross-reference that comes into mind is when Paul says, to the pure, all things are pure. <laughs> but to these people here, they're grumblers finding fault. So, one attribute that the Lord just wants our hearts to be aware of, be aware of, is constantly finding fault. Um, that is an attribute of our adversary, the saint's adversary, the devil. He is the accuser, always finding fault of the brethren, of the brothers and the sisters. He's always accusing. He's always trying to be our referee. He's always sending in shadowy little demon figures. That want to cast a shadow here, cast a shadow there, get people talking here, get people talking there, spreading rumors. Heath? Yeah, I, uh, again, just this whole, descri- I, 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 
I give Jude a lot of credit here with the descriptiveness of what these people really totally look like. It's not like a you know, yes. I think sometimes with Paul, like you get kind of a, you know, like you were saying, like, here's, here's a few ideas, but it's similar to that. Like you guys know, or you should know, you know, you get that sense sometimes when you're reading a description from Paul like that. But when Jude is very detailed on painting a solid picture of what these people that have infiltrated this church look like, what their habits are, what their destructive nature is within the church. And the fact that these people are, you know, based on this text here in 1415 and 2016, they're going to be harshly judged because of their harshness, because of their ways, because of their actions, because of how they're speaking and how they're um, sowing dissent and causing discord and all these things. Um, you know, and doing it for their own, you know, that's that's the other thing that's standing out to me is it, they're doing it for their own their own desires. They're they're not doing it for for any other reason but their own lust, their own desire, their own um yeah, just their own ill intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's I just had a revelation. This is hot, this is fresh, this is amazing to me. Yes. Let's just think through this real quick. Okay. Jude is a connection to Jesus in a very real way. It's like knowing Mary or James. Jude is, it says, the Bible says that his brothers didn't believe until after Jesus comes back. Okay. Then they believe from the dead, by the way. They didn't think he was going to come back. They thought he was going to stay in the ground, just so you know. And they were wrong. So they start believing. Can you imagine, Heath, as a sibling realizing that your brother is actually the Messiah, right? And it dawns on you. And and this is Jude personally. James doesn't talk like this. This is a personality trait of Jude on display. This is awesome. Check this out. Jude starts talking about Enoch. Why? Why would Jude start talking about Enoch? It's a great question. Unless he knows the scriptures enough. And then he makes the connection, the very real, personable connection that, oh my goodness, my brother knows Enoch. My brother is the one who took Enoch, who made Enoch no more. Not like he killed Enoch, like he had the epiphany, the mind-blowing that my brother is the one in scripture that took Enoch, that took Elijah. I'm going to look at some Enoch stuff. I'm going to look at the book of Enoch. I have a personal connection to Enoch. And here's the word of the Lord to the listeners and to the viewers. We have a personal connection with the Bible. Mm. We're in the family of Christ. Take this personally. Anything he connects you into scriptures, it came from him. If you have a word about being a David in your times, study David. If the Lord told you directly or if a minister told you, hey, I see, I see David attributes over you. That is a great time. To go look in the Bible, study David, Chronicles, Kings, go look, go look, go check this. Why would the Lord prompt somebody or why would the Lord prompt you to learn more about a certain chunk of scripture? I guarantee you, guarantee you, Jude, it blew his mind when he knew that my brother was actually the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us. Therefore, he's the one that took, that took Enoch and Enoch was no more. He's the one that uh, that sent the fiery uh, chariot to be a blocker to, uh, 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 for Elisha and, the, and Elisha's test to see Elijah being taken up. 
Wow. So Jude now has a new fervent faith. He has a new relationship with the scriptures that he had some kind of access to. All right. How about that, Heath? That's a, that's a great word and some fresh revelation for sure. Um, yeah, I, it's it's still funny to me that you know when we talk about this we've mentioned it before how Jude and James you know grew up with Jesus and yet still didn't have the realization till after the crucifixion and resurrection that he was who he was you know and it's family. like because they were actual family I mean I would not believe my brother was was the Christ at all until yeah. I, I wouldn't because I, because we know each other too well right. Probably Jude and James's problem was that they might have thought they had something on their brother. It's just amazing. They would have learned more about what actual sin is, too. Have you ever thought of this, Heath? Here's more to it. So Jesus comes back from the dead, right? (laughs) And you're one of the brothers. You're, you know, marries your mom. And you realize that the religious pharisaical system over you hasn't actually identified sin very well. So now you have a muddled concept of sin, and yet you're, you know that if a Messiah is raised from the dead, you know, if he's the first fruits of all born again, of all coming into the family of God and all who would be born again, and he's perfect, and then you think back to all the times where you might have you might have judged him and thought he wasn't perfect enough to be the Messiah, the freedom you would feel, the freedom. I actually didn't know what sin is. It would be an epiphany of a massive mind-blowing experience of, oh man, the freedom of God. And he actually didn't sin that whole time. I'm not saying there was fair con- uh, fair conjecture, fair um, back and forth, and fair judgment of Jesus that, oh, he, he might have sinned. And so people might have thought that he sinned. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's how families are. Families, it's easy because you know each other that well to right. judge and to think, um, um, you, well, be, because we kind of know each other's playbook and we can anticipate reactions because we know personalities pretty well. And so it's just, it's sometimes, guys, and here's a word, Keith, this is <laughs> word of wisdom night, apparently, because here's another word of wisdom for some family members out there who are frustrated with their siblings because they won't come to the saving knowledge of Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior in their life. You may not be the one to get them. Yep. You may not be the one to, 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 to lead them in a prayer. Pray that God would send in their harvester. Pray that God would send in that person who can who can reach them with the hug or the love or the freedom or the conviction or however God would choose to send in that harvester with the right tools for your siblings. Because it might just be a little bit too messy of a family scenario until someone dies. Right. Meaning, meaning you may have to die to yourself in your desire that, oh, I'm going to save my sibling. <laughs> Well, and I think I was trying to recall as you were talking there, like I know I've heard somewhere before, and I don't know if it's a scriptural thing or not, but um, that like we're oftentimes ineffective in our own hometown, in our own house. And so Jesus said a prophet is not without honor in his own hometown. And this is right before he's about to get stoned or they were going to try and get stone mm -hmm. him in his own hometown. It's Luke four, Matthew. Yeah. Luke four. Yes, Luke 3 and 4-ish, yeah. 
Yeah. So I was just thinking like, I know there's a scriptural component to what you're saying there to kind of help back you up with the mm-hmm. fact that like, you know, there, there are going to be times and seasons where in your, in your own circumstance, uh, your own family unit in your own circle of influence that you may not have the influence that you'd like to have where it's going to take somebody from the outside um, to, to help bring about that change or bring about that salvation or, or whatever you're, you're working for there. So yeah. Well, and, and the thing. reason being specifically, the reason being specifically is because they didn't have enough faith because they thought they knew Jesus. Isn't this the carpenter's son? They said, so he could only do this and that here, you know, at, at, uh, in Nazareth. Right. Uh, he, he could only do, he could only say a nice prayer before the meal. To bring it home for everyone here. He could only um, give a hug to Aunt Gladys. Right. (laughs) Okay. Other than that, they thought they knew him and they think they know you too. And so there's low faith. However, you get into the next neighborhood where they don't know you. There's going to be faith in God and you'll be able to minister easier. Right. Okay. Yep. So to conclude, check out 17. It's a but God moment here. So, but you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, remember, as we've been talking about, guys, um, to not be grumblers, to not speak arrogantly um, for any sake, uh, for gaining any advantage, but to remember, beloved, the words, the Bible. Remember the Bible that was, that's a word for everyone in conclusion, guys. Remember the Bible that was spoken over you beforehand by your pastors, by your mentors, by your parents, um, godly parents, right? Um, remember the words that were speaking over you at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. And every once in a while, I don't know if you guys have caught this theme in this show. Every once in a while, the Lord will jump in and speak a, a direct message. Remember those. If that if that really spoke to you, write that down in your journal. Like claim that as yours. Date it. You know. Um, I remember a time a few years ago now where I got a direct word from Robin Bullock on his live broadcast, and it was mind blowing. Oh my goodness! I nearly jumped out of the truck. It was such a bolt of lightning into my entire truck cab. Uh, spiritual power and. I knew as a direct message to me and he called out my name on air, you know, from Alabama and I'm in Colorado. Okay. And it's an amazing word I got uh, as he was just listening to Holy spirit and saying what he was hearing. And I pray that we have potency like that in, in the Holy ghost. I pray that, that, that has um, some of these words that we have, we know we're receiving are touching you in, in such a way. Um, right. So to, to just to conclude, so just to conclude again, but you beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I, I want to back up just a second and tag into what you were saying there about the words that we give on the show, because, you know, if you've been paying attention um, over the course of, of this broadcast ministry, um, there have been times where we've been given specific listener names. And there's been other times where we're getting more of a general word where we're not entirely sure who it's for, but we know that there's at least one, if not more listeners and viewers that this word applies to. And so the one thing that Michael pointed out and highlighted there, and I I just want to kind of double stamp that, is 
if the word's for you, you're going to know it's going to resonate with you in a certain kind of way. Um, and it's different for everyone, but you'll know it's for you. And if it's a for you word, then definitely write that down. Definitely pray about it. Definitely take it to the Lord. You know, or even if you've got some doubt, well, I'm not sure if this word's for me, but maybe it is. That's a great opportunity to write that word down and then bring it to the Lord and get that confirmation from him that, hey, yes, that word was for you. And once it's for you, then you can hold on to that word. You can stand on that word. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, to tack onto that. Um, and the other thought I was thinking as, as Michael was reading this verse was, again, in the time, so if you're looking at it from a back then perspective, like, again, there wasn't a lot of written word to carry around they didn't have the you know your iphone to to pack your word with they didn't have a, a bible like we have now yes there were scrolls but it wasn't like you you had scrolls in your house you had to memorize the word you had to know the word and so um that's one thing that i think that we've tried to to teach on multiple times here is to know the word in your heart in your mind so that as you're engaging in conversations you're engaging in spiritual warfare whatever it is that those things are just going to flow out of you because you know the words you've spent time in the words you've immersed yourself in the word and so that's what these folks did as well and so this this verse 17 is i think just a, a call back to that hey you know you guys should remember these things because you know, you know, you should know the word. You should, it should be easily recallable for you to know what has been spoken, what has been said. And, and that was kind of sticking out to me a little bit as Michael's reading that uh, verse 17 there that, you know, we should know, you should know. Um, so yeah, you know, remember, remember those things because you've been exposed, because you've read it, because you've, you know, you've recited it, you memorized it. Um and there's there's a I think an important word there for somebody too. You know, memorizing scripture is a is a good thing in your life. Being able to quote and um, I don't want to use the word regurgitate because I just don't like that word. But just being able to free flow with you know in a conversation or again in a spiritual battle, just being able to to you know bring scripture into it because there's more. Uh, I think there's more power and more authority when you can stand in the word for whatever you you got going on. Um, if you can keep bringing scripture in and keep reminding, you know, God in your prayers, hey, your word says this. And so I'm going to stand on that belief in my faith that you're going to do this thing because you said in this verse here, you were going to do it, you know? So it's kind of that reminder to you, um, but it's also a, a subtle reminder to God that, hey, I'm in the word and I know what you said and I know what you've promised. So I can I can believe in this and I'm going to have hope for this. So th there's no no lacking in your life for, or, or no... Um, no waste of time in your life for spending time in the word and memorizing scripture, I guess is the point I want to get to the, you know, the, the long story short, it, it's, it'll do yourself some favor and, and, uh, memorize some word there. It's good. It's really good. Every once in a while. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Every that... <laughs> once in a Rocky Mountain Revival Radio Minute. That's right. So we're going to we're gonna pause the teaching there. We've still got a few more verses to go in Jude. So obviously there's going to be a part five. Uh, and hopefully next time we can wrap up uh, 17 through 24. But we'll see because I know we've got a couple points, uh, big points coming around 21. So we'll see what the Lord wants to do with our teaching next week but uh, or, or next time. So with that, Michael, uh, final thoughts on today's teaching? Uh, no. I mean, really just I'm thankful that God speaks forth he he's a he's a speak forth he's a bring forth he's a minister he's an administer of himself and i'm thankful that god god's character is living and 
goes forth and does things and speaks at the same time. I, I'm just thankful for his works in the midst of his word. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, well, I tell you what, why don't you, uh, why don't you pray us out? Cause I, I don't think we did that last time. And I think, uh, I'm feeling a big urge to, uh, pray for our listeners today. So why don't you pray us out and then we'll, uh, start wrapping things up here. So God, I just um, lift up every listener to you right now. And in these times, Lord, um, I just release finances, Lord, every seed that they've sown, and not just financially, but financially right now. I pray that uh, the germination season is over and the harvest for every seed that they've sown comes to them in this coming season. In Jesus' name, I thank you for found something worthwhile at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. And they, they love you. And, you know, you're giving them um, more and you're giving them more nutrients. Um, you're happy and joyful and expectant for a fruitful season, a, a fruitful season they have not yet known in their life, um, a different dynamic than they're aware of that can even come from themselves. But you're expectant and happy and joyful for that type of harvest and that type of fruit-bearing season. Lord, I just thank you for your ongoing sanctifying work in every uh, listener that is a believer. And I thank you that, I really do truly thank you (laughs) for the fact that you're the author and perfecter of our faith. And you promised to complete what you started. And so I just release a, a special blessing for those who make it through the end of this broadcast today, that they realize it's a realization from you that they truly have had a conversation with God and an experience with God with you that they have not experienced yet. Mm. And they walk away and walking away different. is such a undertone. It's such an understatement, but that they walk away changing the world because their world has changed because God actually changed them. And I just release um, this in-depth idea and in-depth persuasion of the word. I also release a knowledge of Jesus that we discussed today through the lens of his little brother, Jude. Lord, I release the revelation that only comes through relationship uh, with you. That through relationship and more intimacy, you will unlock new ideas about the Bible, such as Jude must have had, because he starts teaching and touching on and talking about Enoch in such a way because he knew that it was his brother. He knew that his God had been his brother, and it blew his mind about the Bible. He realized that Jesus is the one who took a character I like in the Bible, Enoch, who who took up Elijah. Lord, we just thank you for such revelation like that tonight. We just were honored by your presence of, and, and your counsel and, and your revelation, your very presence here by revelation. We just thank you for that on this broadcast tonight. I pray that it goes out to every single person who needs to hear it. I pray that this episode goes viral. And not just viral over YouTube and on the podcast uh, channels, but viral in our very beings, our very heart, as the leaven of this word saturates the entire dough, the entire lump of dough. You are the bread of life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Amen. Wow, that was a great prayer. Thank you. Well, guys, you know, we uh, we don't ever want to close out a broadcast without giving you guys the opportunity to know Jesus and accept him. And as Michael was praying, I just felt um, very heavy on my heart that there's a couple listeners in our audience that that believe that they've actually sinned too much and they've there's just been so much stuff in their lives that they they're not they're not able to come to Jesus they're not able to accept him because for whatever reason they've been taught or they believe that you know all of the sin and all these things that they've done um mean that God's not going to forgive them that there's some kind of condition that there's some kind of thing they have to meet before they can get God's grace and God's forgiveness and I just want to tell you right now that that is that is a lie from the enemy because there is yeah. nothing there is nothing that you can do there's nothing you've done in your life I don't care how bad it is there's nothing that you could have done in your life Life where you get in a heart posture of, I can't do it anymore, God, I need your help. Um, please come into my life. You know, guess what? There's going to be a party in heaven for you. He's going to forgive you for it. And, and guess what? The even better thing is this when it comes to your, um, your path to redemption and forgiveness and all these things, God forgives you 100%. It's not a, it's not a partial. It's not a, it's not a conditional thing. It is 100% forgiveness. It's absolute. It's done. And so you you can accept Jesus in to your life. You can have this relationship with him. You can work through um, whatever you've been through with him, with him, in partnership with him for your forgiveness and for your redemption story, for your testimony that you'll be able to have. Because that's that's what I love about the trials and tests that we go through in life. They turn into testimony. And so uh, long story short, guys, the, the the point is there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you could have done in your life or even in this moment in your life that that God wouldn't forgive you for. You just have to get to the point where you're saying enough is enough. I need you in my life, Jesus. And that's that's what we're going to walk through right now with you. If, if today that's you and I and I pray it is because I, I feel it heavy on my heart. There's a couple of you that have been in this posture for a while where they're not sure. Thank you, Lord. You've been in this posture for a while where you just, you, you don't know, you don't think that God can forgive you, that God wants anything to do with you. You don't feel loved or wanted or any of that. And I can tell you that that's not the case. And so if that is you today, um, we're going to ask that you pray this prayer with us. Um, and all you got to do is pray this prayer. So I want you to, to close your eyes, bow your head, unless you're driving, um, and just repeat after me. And you're going to say, dear God, and Heath, really quick, yeah. guys, you're rejecting the spirit of suicide. Reject the spirit of suicide. Yes. Because if the spirit of suicide can't get you to actually, like, he'll kill yourself, he'll get you to quit on your spirit. He'll get you to quit on God. It will, not he will. It will get you to quit. It will get you to quit on God in hopes that you quit on God long enough to where you actually do commit the unpardonable sin, which is rejecting God your entire life rejecting holy spirit your entire life well and to tack onto that just to give you some encouragement some hope if god can do it for me he can do it for you right. because god did that for right. me. he healed me of that spirit of that depression that mental health that suicide and if you want more information on that you can check out i believe it's episode 105 we talk about my suicide story and how god healed me so i i have the faith to know that if he did it for me he can do it for you so so reject those thoughts turn to him invite him in because that's all you're doing we're not gonna we're not gonna deal with sin we're not gonna deal with forgiveness we're just gonna deal with the fact that you recognize you have sinned and you need jesus and right and and realize right now guys you're welcoming in the spirit of life yes. the spirit of life not the spirit of death not the spirit of suicide 
You're welcoming in you're welcoming in Jesus Messiah, the Spirit of Life itself. Yes. The God of life. And life more abundantly. <laughs> yes. All right, let's pray. All right, let's pray. So repeat after me, guys. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Uh dear God. Dear God. I know that I have sinned. I know I've sinned. But I believe. But I believe that Jesus died in my place. That Jesus, you died in my place. And God, you raised him from the dead. God. So Jesus, I confess. So Jesus, I confess. That you are Lord. That you are Lord. Please be Lord of my life. Please be Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. Give me the power to follow you. Amen. Amen. Now, guys, if you said that simple prayer, we believe you were born again, and we'd love to share this with you. Um, definitely share it with somebody. If you don't have anybody else you can share it with, you can share it with us. You can write us a prayer at rmr.live, and we'd be happy to celebrate with you and welcome you to the family. I'll send you a little gift in the email there, and uh, just welcome you in, and just know that right now, if you made that decision today, that there is a celebration happening in heaven because you made this decision. Um, of course, the next step after this is to get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church. And if you don't know where one is in your area, you can write me at host.heath at rmr.live. And I would love to partner with you to help you find a, a good church in your area. And, and if not, in the meantime, we can plug into some online resources that we have of, of some amazing churches that you can you can plug into that way until we can find you somebody locally. Um, all right, guys, with that... Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining us today. And as a reminder, if you did like today's teaching and the content we provided today, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your coworkers. Heck, even share it with Nana because she'd love a good teaching. Uh, because sharing is caring, guys. Sharing is caring. And yeah, and it was free ninety nine. Free That's content. Right. Free content. Share the free content. Share it. Share the free content. Make sure, too, to check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Like and subscribe to the show's YouTube page. I can't say this enough. Like and subscribe. Smash that button. Get notified when we release new content, guys. Follow yeah, us on we're all... we're just 60 away from going live, guys. I know. It's awesome. Uh, follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Truth, all the things. We're out there, guys. You know, podcast listeners, I just love saying this. Each time we're on, Thank you, podcast listeners around the globe for making this a global ministry, for tuning in every week, spending time with us and the Lord, and uh, getting some new teachings in your life. We thank you for that. And of course, if you um, don't necessarily want to watch a show or you're listening to it um, and you'd rather do the podcast, there's a com comprehensive list of those in the description below. One of our podcast providers, by the way, is um, canceling service here. First part of next month, I believe. Um, there's information about that on the website, though. And they're going to direct you probably, I think, to Pandora and a couple others. But again, uh, the Stitcher service is concluding. But there are plenty of others you can choose from that we are on. And uh, tune in, like I said, down below for that list. And of course, if you are, are blessed by this ministry and you're feeling led to donate to it, there are links to do so on the website. They're going to be down below uh, Michael and I here uh, on the screen, and then they're going to be in the show description below as well. Um, there's also ways that you can um, write in if you want to. We can also do Zelle. You can send, it, send me an email for that. I can uh, help you through that process. We also have the new Tithely app, guys, where you can go in and you can select where the donation actually goes. We've got a couple different campaigns and 
funds in there that you can select from so that your money's going to go where you want it to go to support this ministry. And just for reference, all donations are going to go to our hosting fees, our software, our equipment, um, and wherever the Holy Spirit directs us to give, such as with Redemption Squad or our um, you know missionaries that we've had on, uh, some of our guest speakers like Donna Grant Wilcox, who's in multiple as- uh, facets of life where she's got uh, multiple projects and groups she works with and ministry and, and, and missions as well. That So she's a part of a lot of things. So again, you can you can flag uh, where those things go with the Tylee app because we're gonna we're gonna give where the Holy Spirit directs us to give and and share those donations that we receive in. And finally, guys, remember to get yourself into a good Bible believing, Bible teaching, Holy Spirit led church. Plug into groups, discipleship opportunities, and serve in any way you can. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week, guys, and be blessed. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.